Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We're back on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. It's where we invite the great and the good of the wrestling world to choose three wrestling matches that they would watch while stranded on said island. Uh, joining me today is a man from an island himself, from the other side of the world, where uh, I believe it's Thursday. I don't know. Time, time is a construct of human perception. And uh, this guy has time on his side, getting ready to take over the wrestling world one day at a time. We're talking about the one and only Bobby Bishop, who joins me today. Bobby, how you doing? Yeah, very well. Yourself? I'm good. This is nice, because this is a meeting that we promised when we sat in the Oxford Hotel uh, in, in, in Dremoyne back in, in March, I think it was. Days. One of the hottest days it was. So it was on my trip to Australia, and I'd messaged... Uh, Lucille and I said oh notice you were at a show nearby are you around for a drink and then you two magically appear at the sound of booze 12 hours later <laughs> why are you so proud of your legs Bobby oh they're just so thick <laughs> look, look, look look I'm a very straight man but when I look at my legs sometimes in the mirror I'm like Damn, I'd climb those. <laughs> you did a you did a Q and A on Instagram, and one of the people did ask about which body part you were the proudest of, and the legs was the answer that came out. Um, do you do any particular leg training to get you there, or are you just naturally gifted in the leg department? Uh, I was never naturally gifted, but um, I mean, obviously, I put on a lot of weight when I was a teenager, and that made like already sort of thick, you know, like usual. But um, when I got into wrestling. I uh, had a, a psychopath of a trainer who decided to uh, make us do, it must have been 500, 600 body squats. And uh, so what's happened is because I'm an absolute monster of a human being and so, and someone who suffers from imposter syndrome and overtrains himself, I decided to add 500 body squats into my leg workouts as well as do deadlifts and then do 100 burpees and it just gets the best result on my legs. <laughs> That's your imposter syndrome driving you to, yes. to, to add all this extra to you. So yeah, I mean, it's not I mean, enough. It's, and it's still not enough, right? No, no every, it's not. 
<laughs> and it never will be. But it's a uh, uh, well, hey, look, we'll talk about that as well as we go along. Let's get into your three matches. So you are stranded on a desert island, Bobby, and you're going to take with mm. you three wrestling matches to watch whilst you are there. So we'll go through them one by one as we chat today. Uh, what is your first match going to be, Bobby? Well, the first match will actually be the first wrestling match I ever watched. Um, and it's stuck with me forever. Uh, it pretty much got me in the wrestling was... Um, Mankind versus The Rock on that very famous Raw where Stone Cold gets involved. Oh, so was this the the night that um, Mankind won the WWF title? Yeah, this that's is it. The one. I, I like I immediately fell in love with Mankind as soon as I saw him, and then do the promos afterwards. I, every show I watched all the shows afterwards, and just like this is just my jam. But that match is all is all, like. I, Remember when I was able to watch it again, like many years later, I was just binging it all the time. What, what was it that drew you to wrestling in the first place, do you think? Well, I've seen bits and pieces when I was a kid. Uh, sorry, well, I was a kid when I watched that first match. But uh, when I was like a toddler, I think, I remember seeing, I still remember this question I asked myself for some reason because it stuck out. I was, it was like, uh, some, it was, at a bar and on TV, they had wrestling playing. And I'm pretty sure it was Ric Flair in a suit ringside attacking the his Arn Anderson's opponent. Um, I only know that now because I've watched back and get flashbacks of it. But I remember as a kid thinking, you know, for boxing, I didn't realize that managers could just get involved like that. <laughs> I was convinced that, like, there are no rules in any kind of fighting sport. Um. But I, I always sort of liked it. And then uh, one day, like, I, I just we didn't have Foxtel. We didn't have anything like that until a little bit later. But before we got that, uh, WWE put uh, basically their, I can't remember what it is, but it was like a highlight show. And they would have like one full match on it and a couple like mini like mini highlights of the other matches. And uh, that uh, the first time I turned on the TV was like Saturday night. That was the show with Mankind's match on it. And my brother and I were just like, just watching this thing just eyes glued to what was happening as uh, oh. the, the 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 crowd really make that particular match as well and there's something to be said for a raucous crowd that adds to a match the rock and mankind have endless chemistry but it was the moment that that glass shattered and the place mm. seemed to virtually shake uh, as oh. steve austin walked down that was that was an eye-grabbing moment wasn't it it yeah absolutely like i still i still like um when I'm showing people like how great wrestling is or like how like these moments where the fans blow up, it's always that like clip where Stone Cold comes out because I've never seen things close, but I don't think I've ever seen anything where the fans have literally blown up almost in like a one big Mexican wave, but all simultaneously at the same time. Uh, had it not been, uh, had you not discovered wrestling, what do you think uh, it would have been for you? What would you think the the your future would have been had wrestling not come along? I um I have no idea. I, I think because my ADHD it would be some kind of like some kind of sport. I, I I've delved a lot in like uh, strongman comps, uh, Viking sword fighting. Like I I I was always wanted to do something. Like a lot of people, a lot of people tell me I should have gotten into comedy or some kind of like uh, acting at least because I just always an energetic person who's throwing out like banters at people. Do you, um, do uh, oh, sorry, I interrupted you there, Bobby. That was really That's okay. I also do a lot of impressions when I talk. What's the, what's your go-to? 
in what way? They're my impressions? Yeah. Oh, uh, they're off my friends or like I just like do their voices and do their mannerisms. Like like um we have like one guy who's like he tries like all sleazy sometimes, like Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking we do this and then we do this. <laughs> <laughs> or I watch my mates um promos and I'll like imitate them like to to a key. It's a skill. It's a skill to do it. It really yeah. is. You you we, mentioned there um, ADHD. Now, is that something that uh, you were diagnosed with as a, at a young age, or something that you've recently discovered? Oh no, I, I was diagnosed as a, at a very very young age. Um, I was one of those kids who was very much uh, on a lot of Ritalin when he was a kid. <laughs> what was um? What were your f- family's? reaction to that diagnosis can you remember um i think my dad was like more positive about it in ways where he was like i I don't think he was ever against the drugs but he was more with like we should find something to get his energy outlet fulfilled like he was much more uh, i think outside the box instead of just relying on like medication there's like if he's got ADHD, it means he's just booming with energy. We need to like try and do that and we'll bring him down a bit. Uh, whereas my mum was like, "Ah, oh, you're too loud, pill." Yeah, so the, yeah, you need a middle ground, really, don't you, of uh, of medical, but not don't take away the personality behind the person. If you see what yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it was hard, like because when I was young, when I was on Ritalin. Um, I remember i still remember i just held docile and like it felt like i was having like a mini panic attack every time and the worst part was i didn't realize i was a medication until i was about 16 17 so i was um i think i saw a news report where they were talking about people on ritalin having uh heart issues and it sort of all clicked after that so yeah that would yeah that would that freak me out to be honest with you oh it, it 100 <laughs> the thing like look look if I can go back in time, I, I definitely advise my parents to do something a bit different. Like I'm not saying don't take me for drugs, just maybe try something else while do- lowering the dose. Because one of the things I still have trouble with this day is I don't know what being full feels like. Right. Ritalin's an appetite suppressor. So I had like almost like 16, 17 years there of just like having pills and then like not being hungry and having to force myself to eat. So when I finally felt hungry, I would just gorge food and I wouldn't know when to stop. Like I'd stop when I start feeling sick. How did that affect um, you, you health wise? Uh, it still affects my health. I, um, I uh, constantly put on weight and lose weight. Like it's, it's thankfully if uh, one of my biggest fear is when I stop wrestling um, and stop having some, some kind of activity later on, I'm going to bloat out because I still don't know how to control my eating habits um and it's it's bad too because obviously with the adhd is also very addicted to having the serotonin that food gives you as well and that's another issue as well which i, I just want i'm talking about right now i want to eat right now like it's uh there's there's something that i discovered recently uh when it comes to adhd is the idea of of and it's a really nice way of looking at it of, of everybody having an individual adhd superpower where like you tap into the ADHD-ness, if you will, and you use it for good. What would you say, Bobby, is your ADHD superpower? Oh, my um my hyper focus. Uh hundred percent. Like um I'm obsessed with wrestling. 
to a like key like i'll watch wrestling before i go to bed i'll play it while i fall asleep like i will constantly focus on it and try and find little things that i would that may i want to do in the ring uh my promos um i had no care in script writing or anything like that um but when it comes to doing stuff for wrestling i am so switched on with i know what works i know how it works like i i think just to get just to put it down into perspective we filmed a promo and it was an action fight scene on top of a building. It looked great. Like the camera work, the, the stunts looked like an actual movie. I didn't write anything down. I just went there having it all in my head because I just immediately knew what I was doing when I thought about the idea. And when we filmed it, I was given directions. Like, we do this, we do this. And there was one guy in particular who fought me on one scene to be filmed. He's like, no, you don't need it. Like, you know, we do. We need to do this. So it connects to this. And there was this big argument. I was tired. I gave in to him. And as soon as all the scenes were put together to film, the guy who was editing it for me told, said, I don't have anything that explains why you're in this scene now. So you were like, right. I know. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hyper focused on it. I know. But you just, yeah, it's so that's, that's a great superpower to have, especially with uh, the world of wrestling, which is, which. There is so much to consume of it. Uh, with that in mind, uh, before we sat down today, Bobby, I had a stalk through your Instagram. And, uh, and I'd like you to talk to me about a few of the pictures that I found. They're no bad ones, I promise. <laughs> it sounds quite, quite intimidating. Explain these are they pictures. Off, are they off my legs? <laughs> uh, none of your legs, surprisingly. You know, the, the gams stay covered for most of them. Um, <laughs> I've got one here. There's a picture of you dressed as... I think, uh, and, and it's with love, Bobby. It's dressed as Deadpool from Wish.com. Uh, no. With the caption, mistakes were made. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> talk to us about your Deadpool phase, Bobby. <laughs> so um, when I started, uh, I had some trainers who were trying to rush me ahead into the ring. And I knew I wasn't ready. And then uh, I remember I was sitting down one day and I was like, because... I, I, Back then, I didn't have the ability to say no like I do now. It meant the ability. I mean, I don't have the confidence. Um, and I knew I was going to cave in eventually. So I, co I concept this idea that was like, I need a way where I'm going to be in the ring. I'm going to fuck up or look bad. I can swear in a show, right? Yeah, you're fucking fine. Nah, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I... I I realized, look, I don't want to get spotted. I don't want to look uh, when I'm ready. I want to go out there and I don't want anyone to remember whatever I do right now. So I came up with the idea with the Ted built Deadpool costume. And I was like, ah, it's, and even I knew like, this is so lame. And I was like, how can I make it where it's feasibly understandable what I'm doing? And look, I thought it was a great idea back in the day, but looking back, it's still the terrible idea. The idea was I was called Dreadful. So dreadful sounds like dreadful because the oh, and the wrestling was dreadful all the time, right? And it was, it was a parody of a parody that's a parody. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and uh, no one's ever let me live it down. They always bring it up, and I, um, I, they always ask me to bring it back. And I was I remember telling them because uh, this actually happened. I actually broke my foot while wearing that costume, and the first thing. Uh, actual wrestlers who were on top of, on top of the strange scene told me was like, get rid of the suit. It's not doing you any good. He's like, you're obviously still not ready and you've hurt yourself. So 
go back to training, get ready, come back. And it was funny because within that time of being injured, my cats peed all over the costume because I took it off when I got injured, threw it into the uh, laundry in anger. And I got him back and it was in the, they've had repeatedly peed on it. <laughs> Defiance of this random spandex thing. It's in their area. And I remember looking at it, it was like, ah, oh, that's done. <laughs> Even the cats hated the costume. Oh yeah, they did. The it was like, I, it. <laughs> I tell everyone on time, like what happened to your costume? Ah, oh, my cats maliciously accidentally destroyed it. <laughs> hey look so dreadful at a very sudden retirement you went away you came back you gave it another go uh, another photo here uh, which is uh, at a wrestling show and it's a fan uh, handing you a customized nintendo nes in 2018 uh, and this is the this is all around this is because at the time uh, dreadful we'd said farewell to when he welcomed the retro kid bobby bishop so yeah. tell us the story of the retro kid so um i remember uh watching wrestling like when i was injured and i was while i was watching it i was watching the show seeing who got the best reactions and in queensland unfortunately at the time we didn't have the best sort of shows the best sort of talent there were, there were people who stand out we did have uh, one ironically mark davis returned back from injury as i got injured and i had never met him before so um, his gimmick, very much the character, was very different from what he is now. Was he was a goofball when he came out? As much as he doesn't want to admit it, he says, "I don't. I'm not funny. I'm not a comedy wrestler." Um, but there was some form of comedy. They would come out to Glee. Um, was it the fucking? What's that main song they always sing? Don't stop it? believing. That one. Yeah. He came out to like <laughs> literally. You would wait ages till he hit that, and he would shoot right out, and you. You'd be pumped up for him and everything like that. I remember watching him and thinking, that's what I need to do because it really works, but I can't do his thing. I need to do something else. And I thought of like, um, what if my, what if I was just a man child who's stuck in, who's still stuck in the nineties, just wrestling. And it's like, it, it's easy. And then I can always add ideas and evolve it into something more. So I came up with the retro kid. And uh, one of my first shows in Interstates was that show, that photo. And some guy had obviously been watching my promos because I always did comedy promos. And he brought his uh, Super Nintendo for me to sign. And it was the first thing I've ever autographed. And it was the worst autograph I've ever given. <laughs> <laughs> it's so font. Like, I look back at that photo. I'm like, oh, I could have done so much better for that guy. He's a wrestler now too, that dude. No way. <laughs> and yeah, his name yeah. is John Cena. And oh, he loves... His name is John Cena. <laughs> so, do you do you see him on the circuit? Uh he's in, he's in a different sort of state. I see him occasionally. He wrestles for a, a show I used to wrestle on when I started out. Um, he's he's actually because uh, he's not, he's not in shape or anything. What I mean, not in shape. He's not like he's not built like an athlete, but he's kind of built like a big a bit of a chubby man. But he used to do boxing. So his gimmick now is he's a fat boxer. And uh, all he needs to do is land one punch and you're knocked out. And that's his gimmick. And it's very good. You see him I take like, you see, you see him take hits, like a super kick. And as he goes down, he'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> and has he had the match yet where he's landed that one punch and won the whole thing? Uh, but, uh, from what I've, I, I, unfortunately I have access to the footage. So I just hear stories oh. and a bit of clips, but I think, I, I think he's won a few. He, 
uh, is one of those guys where like, because he can't commit to it full time because he's a family man. He's got a full time job and stuff like that. But he's got some great ideas. Cause I once watched him shave. He, he shaved his hair, bald hair in the sides, and had the Hulk Hogan thing, and came out in Hulkamania gear. Wow! And wrestlers, the Hulkamania boxer, which was yeah, just stuff like that. <laughs> Wrestling's like, the I best, but it's bollocks, isn't it? It's just the yeah, best. like re- like. Uh, wrestling. I was thinking about this today, actually, because uh, I think we were talking in Sydney about wrestling and comedy and stuff like that. We were. We had a big long chat about that over over beers in Sydney. And I thought of a very good uh, thing to describe this. Um, everything evolves. Movies evolve. It, like wrestling has evolved, and and unfortunately, I know people like to be stuck when it was a serious and you know. I mean, there was still comedy back then, just bits and pieces, but. Wrestling evolves like all sorts of forms of entertainment. And the best way example I can give is remember when video games weren't a cinematic masterpiece? Uh-huh. Exactly. And that's that's the evolution of thing. Everything anything that's a form of entertainment evolves. I mean, we had VCRs and DVDs at one point. It's true. There's 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 evolution forever. And uh and wrestling is the same. And I think I, I, I like that it's such a canvas that it can evolve in so many different ways. Exactly. And that's the exciting part. Uh, speaking of evolving, uh, the next picture from your Instagram is you taking a clothesline from Pikachu. Uh, wrestling Go in 2019 with the caption, never meet your heroes. Uh, <laughs> how did it come about that you got in the ring with Pikachu? And, and, and how, does, how was that as a match to put together? So uh, it was a it was a battle royal, and um, I arrived on the day, and uh, I won't reveal who was underneath the costume, but it was actually a really very costume. Sorry, I won't tell you who evolved into Pikachu. Thank you. Um, But it was actually a very very well respected, still going really good, and a high level wrestler, and I was actually friends with him. I didn't know about the Pikachu costume. I just knew it was in this battle royal, and I was excited to be in it because I had PWA guys, and PWA is a very big fed that's fucking killing it here. And it's, I just wanted to find a way to impress them and get in. But I had no idea that I was going to go there and fight Pikachu. And when I found out, I think I was the only one overexcited in the group <laughs> of people. Like, oh my god! Because like, I, I love this stuff, and like, I even um, you know the um. The meme where it's like, who's that Pokemon? It's Pikachu! <laughs> it's Clefairy. So, Fuck! Yeah. Fuck! Um, <laughs> when, they run, when they run the bell, that photo you see there, it's just before I, I did this. Oh, sorry, it's just after I did it. Uh, as soon as they rung the bell and the Pikachu came out, I had my mouth dropped the whole time it made his entrance like... <laughs> like and then... As soon as the bell rang, I put my hand away. It's Pikachu! And I ran to the clothesline. <laughs> Never meet your heroes. They'll probably clothesline you. <laughs> <laughs> One more from the gram. Uh, you holding the Wide Bay Championship last year. You took it from Rip Riley. This feels, from the picture alone, Bobby, this feels like a, a galvanizing moment for you. Like, this was was this this was a big deal for you winning this title it was um yeah and it was also a surprise uh i love because i've um i've uh very much pride myself on not wanting belts or not wanting that attention i, I like to be someone who is a big piece of the bigger picture but not the picture itself and the um 
so it, it explained the story. I didn't know. I, I didn't know I would actually care if I ever got a belt. So we have a booker here, and he's actually helping a lot. He helps with a lot of shows. He's been booking for a long time, and he knew what I was like about belts. So on this particular show, he decided not to tell me that I was winning the belt, nor did he even tell me I was in this match. I was meant to be in another match, and um, uh, I feel so bad for him because he had to tell Jess. Oh, sorry, Lucille. Beep that. Uh, Lucille to make sure I went to the show because I kept trying to find excuses to pull out of the show because it's a four hour drive um, and the match didn't make sense and I was just like I'm feeling sick I just I can't be bothered and uh, as soon as I got there the meeting was uh, so uh, just letting you know you're winning the belt tonight you're going over like congratulations you've worked really hard for this and the first thing I said like well, why did you lie to me <laughs> and, uh, his response was like, because you would have said no to this. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the I didn't I, I didn't know at the time that how important this moment was going to be. Uh, but then, because Wide Bay Pro Wrestling used to be a show that was considered on a very low level around Queensland. But we had put so much effort with my training that our, our guys who had trained with us and stuff like that, all the high-level guys, we decided to help them out and we made this fed into like a actual big thing around here and uh when i won the belt i wasn't expecting anything but then as soon as i rolled them up with the one two three i did the austin pop but without the austin pop it was so deafening i was shocked that people were that engaged with me to win the belt and it actually made me feel like especially when i got to the back realizing like this dude like seven years in my first actual like singles belt and it actually, it all didn't realize how much it all made sense until it happened. Amazing. And I love the fact that they had to trick you to give you a title. That's the, that's yeah, the best part for me. It's, uh, it, honestly, like Lucille will tell you, we, we, one time we had a match that was for a show and we, we don't mind the show. We just didn't want to commit to too many dates. And we were, we were in a rivalry with their tag champs. And, uh, we, so when you, in your normal storyline, you can always tell where it's heading uh, in any sort of wrestling. And they announce it's going to be a TLC match for the tag belts. And at first I was like, uh, they surely wouldn't be giving, giving it to us. And then um, someone slipped up to us and said, oh, yeah, apparently you, you guys might be getting that belt. And uh, it was immediately like, Ah, I'm feeling sick. Hey, like I don't really want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then just, just luck. Uh, sorry, Lucille. Luckily, uh, heard her back the two weeks out. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so you got out of it. Like, oh, oh well, we can't win the belts for you. I, I love, I love how you have to be coerced and lied to to, to be given belts. Pretty much. <laughs> I imagine the day they say, yeah, you're dropping it. You'll be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, quick, get it off me before it poisons my soul. 100%. The first week I had that belt, I, uh, I messaged the booker. I'm like, this is the person who should take it from me. And their response was like, it's been four days. Just... <laughs> I mean, I got my wish because that was the guy we we built up to take it from me anyway. But uh, it was just like, it's been four days. Just enjoy the moment already. <laughs> Uh, let's roll into uh, your second match. Uh, so we had Rock versus Mankind from Raw. The Austin pop that blew the roof off the building was your first one. What's your second one going to be, Bobby? 
Un- uh, Unforgiven 2002, Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker. Oh, nice. Lots of, a bit of an underrated one, this one. Why have you gone for this? So, uh, as I mentioned before, when we got when I watched wrestling, we got Foxtel eventually. So I was able to start watching wrestling on a much more frequent, ba- frequent basis. Uh, and then we moved house, and I think we moved house in like 2001 or, two, or 2000. It was one of those. No, it was 2001. And uh, we didn't get Foxtel again. And I think we ended up moving to another house in 2003. So it was two years there where I couldn't watch wrestling. Um, and I just had to go to a friend's place. I'll watch occasional wrestling and stuff like that. But I couldn't keep up with it. And I wasn't, we didn't really have the internet going strong back then either. And then um, I remember I went to the video store and I they had some, it had escaped me because I never checked the sports se- uh, section and it had wrestling, it had WWE DVDs. And I was just like, oh my God, I'd love to watch wrestling. I'm going to borrow, some, I'm going to hire some. So I hired one just to, just because I knew I'd be back with for more and I knew I didn't have much time to watch a lot of them. And it was Unforgiven 2002. Actually, no, funny enough, it was Unforgiven 2003 Pace. DVD they gave me was 2002. And I was shocked when I, oh. when I saw it. I looked at the cover and I was like, the cover doesn't make sense, but I'm all, <laughs> all for it. <laughs> You were ready for Triple H Goldberg and you got Brock Lesnar Undertaker instead, which I think is a slightly better trade. Yeah, yeah. And that was, I looked at the back like, man, none of these, some of these wrestlers aren't even on the show. Well, I'm, okay, cool. It's like, these names don't make sense. But um, what it actually happened was I put it into my DVD player and for some reason when I pushed play, I don't know why it did it, it skipped all the matches <laughs> till the main event. So the first match I watched in it was the main event, the story with like, Rocket um, intimidating uh, Undertaker's wife, like all in and touching the stomach and stuff like that, making it really personal. So me and my brother, we sat down and we were just watching it because like, oh yeah, it's wrestling. And by the end of that, like the DQ ending and then the brawling, we were like off off our couch going, holy shit! And then he threw him through the sign and then like it just goes black. I remember the, that moment, my brother and I looked at each other like, that was fucking cool. And then I was hiring DVDs every week. That whole match from the, as you, you mentioned, the video package there. I remember that well because it had Gavin Rossdale, Adrenaline as the soundtrack. And you it were, was at a point where the they, st- it was so good. And they were using yeah. a lot more uh, tracks for these video packages, more so than they do now, and using them so beautifully. Uh, I, and I remember, uh, so my, my, my core memories of that is exactly what you said there, which was the build up bit. And then Brett Lesnar being fucking lawn darted through the unforgiven stage at the end. And like Michael Cole screaming, Brett Lesnar will never be forgiven or you'll, you'll always be unforgiven. Absolutely unforgiven. That's it. You were there. <laughs> That's it. It was so good. Uh, and, and I believe it was the following month where they had the, uh, they had a hell in a cell match. They yeah. bled for days and it was, they just took it to the next level after that. But, uh, oh, yeah, <clears throat> I, I remember the, the wrestling cynic in me at that time being a, a, you know, stupid little nerd of a fan who spent too long looking on AOL message boards. was like, oh, Brock Lesnar should have beat The Undertaker. DQ doesn't, oh, I don't like it. But in hindsight, it was a great match and it told a brilliant story and it kept, it kept everything ticking over for the, next, for the next month. So it made perfect sense. And, like, just putting that from, a, like, a, a fan who hadn't watched it in a while either... I had no idea who Brock Lesnar was. That video package was the perfect introduction because it was 
Paul Heyman screaming, uh, obviously one of his promos, saying, I told you Brock Lesnar would destroy Hulkamania. And you saw the, the bear hug where he's bleeding and everything like that. And he goes, I told you uh, Brock Lesnar would beat The Rock at SummerSlam. And he beat The Rock. And these are just people I knew were huge stars when I was originally watching it, just being decimated by this fucking huge man. So immediately, I, I, like it didn't wasn't even like a watching the match straight away. My brain was like, that man's a fucking big name already. <laughs> Phenomenal choice. Um, one, I, I'm going to quickly nip back to uh, off the back of your Instagram. There's another person that appears in your Instagram feed a lot, and that is, of course, Lucille Brawl. Uh, mm. You guys have been, uh, uh, no secret, you've been opponents, you've been tag partners, <laughs> and you're life partners as well. How did you guys come to meet? Now, I've spoken to Lucille about this, but I'd like the Bobby Bishop side of the story, if that's okay. okay. <laughs> so I, um, I walked in uh, to, I was actually did a strongman comp on the day. And um, I remember I came to a show and it was after setup and they were doing uh, basically some like before show training because we didn't have a school at the time or an academy or anything like that. And uh, I remember walking in and there was this girl with these Harley Quinn tattoos that look like stickers because that was the first thing I thought. Like, are they stickers? Um, and her legs were shaking from all the squatting and wrestling that they were like, making her do. And... um. I was pretty much, I, I went and introduced myself and like I had a partner at the time and she was married as well and I was going for a divorce. I like to really add all those things on in the story just to show how crazy that was. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was like after the second show and a couple of training and I think one training session, we quoted Tenacious D at each other and it just uh, blossomed into like a really good friendship. And then um, I think eventually we left our partners and we just got together. You just no know when it's right, don't you? Huh? You just know sometimes when yeah, things like, are meant to be. Yeah, it was like we, we it, it was just something. It was organic. We just connected very well, and then um, we had the same sort of anxieties and the same sort of like um, I guess faults as well, which we were able to identify. We still learn new things even today about each other. Like, uh, do you... go, go ahead. No, no, you you go on, sir. I, I interrupted you again. It's very rude of me. Nah, that's okay. No, but uh, yeah, um, I also learned that she likes to interrupt me sometimes, and I interrupt her sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Fine then. Right, uh, you've been tagged, obviously, as I say, you've been tag team partners, your life partners as well. How does Lucille complement who you are as a person, and how do you complement Lucille? Uh, so, you in, in wrestling you're talking about as a tag team? No, in the real life. Oh, in real life. Yeah. So Lucille, Lucille is two things. She's very smart and she's also fake smart. I am not good at pulling off fake smarts. <laughs> so she keeps me, she keeps me in check a lot. Cause like, <clears throat> I don't um, pick up on social cues on certain things. And I feel that I sometimes come across very forward to people. Whereas she's kind of the Jimmy cricket being like, Hey man, shouldn't have said that i mean it wasn't terrible but you shouldn't have said that <laughs> and then sometimes she's like well i'm not saying you're going to hell but you're getting close <laughs> but how about the other way around how do you compliment lucille oh 
it's very it's it's sort of in the opposite sometimes you need the just the absolute dumbness in a relationship like and she has it too but like i have very much exceed at being a child around it but it also keeps everything fresh like we uh the amount of like, like amount of like times that we're just bantering and i'm throwing I, I will say the most random things and it just brings so much comedy to like, i remember one time i said about um we're talking about lasagna and i just randomly said ah squish spaghetti love it <laughs> In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now you both uh, have been really positive forces on the wrestling scene in Queensland. Uh, when we spoke, it was something that you were both very proud of and you wanted to do more of. So, I mean, it, it, for the, those who listen to this who may not be sort of aware of the landscape of the wrestling scene where you are, could you talk a little bit about it and what you guys do in and around it? Yeah. Um, you want me to start from when it was we started or like... Yeah, from when you guys started. We'll go from there. So, uh, unfortunately, with all wrestling, there is... A lot of negatives when it comes to any sort of wrestling scene but the issue was in queensland it we are a state that isn't well respected in terms of being great wrestling like we could have a, a great wrestling show right now uh people still wouldn't know about it because there's a history of very dumb horrible and very negative wrestling incidents that happen around here or just quality in general when I started, it was in that era where it was still bad and then slowly rose up, slowly rose up. And then COVID happened. And so did a speak out event that generally normally wouldn't have affected people in the state like us that no one notices, but uh, there were very angry fans. There were very angry former wrestlers. And by the time the dust settled, so much had closed down. So many feds had given up. Uh, Pro Wrestling League, the company I'm with right now, they had closed doors because of, an, um, of a wrestler who was called out. They had they were not equipped to understand how they needed to handle the situation because it, it's not a situation that's happened for us here. When it when it all went down down, there was no shows. There was no there was nothing. Even the training school that I took over. The guy who ran it was someone who got called out. 
they were all that was left was this ring that no one was going to use. And if so, if it was going to get used, it was probably going to get used by people who shouldn't have it in the first place. Um, so we, I uh, took a big dip in terms of um, how much I should have paid for it. I paid a lot of money for this ring that wasn't really up to standard for the amount that I was paying for it, but I knew I had to get the ring. Once I got that ring, Lucille and me planned, made a game plan of what we were going to do. Because at this point, we were, we originally individually had planned to move to Sydney to train with PWA or go to Melbourne or some some state like e, uh, Perth with some of the best feds there. We real we realized we had so many friends here who were going to just have nowhere to wrestle, nowhere to train, nothing, nothing was going to happen. So we put together, we'll work, we'll run a school and someone will, someone will eventually run a show. I mean, if they hire our ring, it's fine. As long as they're on up to a standard that we approve of, it should work out. And our guys who's, who uh, had no shows to wrestle on still train with us for about two years, almost with no payoff or anything like that. And Mark Davis, funny enough, got stuck here in the middle of COVID and he didn't end up going for like, I think almost a year and a half. So he stayed here and trained us all. And that had to be the most legitimate training Queensland had ever gotten in terms of someone from the outside finally coming back, showing us wrestling. And uh, ever since then, the, the scene, our guys are on nearly every top show that's happening here. Every We just did NWA. We did uh, Lucha Fantastico, which is another, it's a cabaret wrestling uh, we're about to do World Series wrestling, like PWA tours do. That. It's we've expanded to a point where, as a school, we don't even need to run shows, even though we're very well connected with Pro Wrestling League that came back. And do give that a check if you're listening, because it's a very good fed, and it's on the it's on a network you can watch it. But a lot of shows around here who have training academies, they just run regularly month shows. We're the only school that don't have a show, technically. But we have so much frequency of like NWA, Lucha Fantastica, World Series Wrestling. Uh, we did Not Fest, the Slipknot uh, Festival. Like the amount of stuff we're doing is equating to having a basically a full roster, a full schedule of shows. And our guys are getting noticed. so many different companies and so many different things. It's like you're running full time. Yeah, pretty much. And and we're doing it's the difference. With, and I feel like that's what what keeps our guys going is because. You can, you can wrestle on a Fed for as long as you want and wrestle the same guys, or you can wrestle on these huge, big shows. And yeah, it might only be like a seven-minute match. It might not have a story, but they somehow mean more than continuously wrestling on a show consecutively with a, with a story building. So um, coming out of your wrestling school, who were some of the performers that we should be watching out for? I don't want to get uh, you in any trouble. Like I'm, I'm very much asking you to pick your children. Uh, but is there any particular that spring to mind that you think you could see them very soon? Keep an eye out for them. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Outback Adam, 100%. He's got a gimmick that will just take over the world. He just needs to get out more. Honestly, You, you told it, me about Outback Adam when we had that beer in Sydney. <laughs> He's amazing. Uh, it's the Steve Owen of wrestling. You can't beat it. <laughs> um, him, uh, we have a, a group called Top Tier. So it's uh, Mitch Ryder and um, Tim Hayden. Very good wrestlers. Very, they remind you very much of like the really, like the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels 
not too not too indie, just that right athleticism from that right era. And um, who else? Yeet Stevens, the greatest name in pro wrestling. <laughs> His gimmick is he likes to throw people. And I can't believe I had to argue with promoters over what his character is when I said that. <laughs> what was, promoter... What's the argument to that? I don't understand. <laughs> so the the OG trainer, um, he had a tendency of wanting to get his own way. So when he they asked him what is this gimmick, he just dumbed it down so it sounded dumb and stupid to him. Which he basically said, "Oh, it's just a meme, and a meme's going to be over soon anyway. So there's no point." And uh, I got him on a show. Um, uh, it was another promotion that's uh, on the sunny coast from us. And uh, I remember this is going to be, it was his first big official show where it was going to be, be in, a lot, in front of a lot of people. It was just a rumble spot. And the moment he came out doing this, his yeet poses, the whole crowd went yeet, yeet, along with it because I got the gimmick straight away. And I recorded it and all the way to the ring and send it to the promoter who had, who had asked the original trainer and you're also telling me like, oh, I just don't get the gimmick. As soon as I sent it to him, his response was, I get it now. I get what this is. Sometimes you've got to show rather than tell. Exactly. And Yeet Stevens, who likes to throw people, is a yeah. perfect example of that. Like, I, like it, it could not scream, like I say this to everyone who's ever asked about it, like it could not scream pro wrestling any more than a guy who is literally obsessed with throwing someone amazing it's amazing you've you've talked you've touched on there uh how you are you've been involved with the nwa uh, and numerous uh, numerous other wrestling leagues that come over Ooh, uh, sorry can I, can I mention one more name of course yes i need to mention this name because i feel like this person will feel like she's not good enough and she is little mars please if you are on here pay attention to little mars's socials her gimmick is she's a little child uh, in a, stuck in an adult body, and it is not even an adult body. She looks like a child, really. <laughs> it's the cutest and most annoying gimmick, but it gets over. I, I kid you not. And she's very funny. She's teamed with Yeet at the moment, and they call themselves Beep and Yeet. <laughs> my, my question was going to be, has Yeet ever yeeted Little Mars? That seems yeah, like a he, win. Uh, he uh, picked her up into a uh, military press and dropped her right on top of me as a tag team move. <laughs> That's brilliant. I yeah. love it. It was funny too because that was my gimmick with Lucille. Was the th- I used to all our tag moves is me throwing her on the people. <laughs> and then he, he, he comes in with little Mars like, whatever you could do, I could do better. Drop. <laughs> brilliant those are some great names to keep an eye out for and and gimmicks as well like ah oh, we, we talked about it at length i know we did but like ah oh, wrestling when it's bollocks and when you open it wide and you allow it to be to transport you and be a little bit to the left hand side i think it's at its best and yeah absolutely and and and, and, and guys like like outback adam and yeet stevens are proof positive of, of the effectiveness of that 100 percent you can watch a kung fu movie, a serious kung fu movie, and you can be entertained or you can be bored. You can watch Kung Fu Hustle and laugh your ass off and be entertained by something different that's in that genre. It's so true. It's so true. Like everything's slightly different. And the more the merrier in terms of how people consume wrestling, especially. Now, we know that um, you guys have done stuff with the NWA. It was great to see you guys featured as part of that. Uh, we know that 
Australia is one of those places there's been meetings about a possible WWE show. We've heard that recently as well. Uh, but we've, we also now know that Impact are on their way over to Australia as well. Uh, they're, they're doing uh, Wagga Wagga in New South Wales. Now, in terms of, sort of distance, I think everybody just assumes that Australia is Australia. But really, in terms of distance from where you are, it's a fair, it's a fair throw. But has there been any thoughts about uh, whether you make a trip there or whether any of your guys will be involved in what Impact Wrestling are doing in Oz? So, because um, that's mainly near New South Wales, I, I, mm. I, that's definitely more of a PWA thing. But I think I don't think I've ever been confirmed that anyone's in talks because I think originally it was a New Japan that's show. It, it was yeah, it was the Oceania Cup. It was meant to be. That's right, and then it got postponed or cancelled, and they put this in there. So I think it's all up in the air who's being used. And I honestly, my perspective on Australian wrestling right now is. I don't care who gets it. I don't care as long as they're good, as long as they're great, as long as we get a good impression. Because the more eyes, are, like, what's the, what's the saying? The high, t- the high tide raises all ships. Raising tides, you know. High, you, you, yeah, you got it right. You got it right. A high tide raises all ships. Yeah. And yes. that's all. I, and, that, and hopefully, I really hope PWA get this gig and a couple of guys around the country who are really good get it. Because I feel like this is a good opportunity for. A company like Impact to see just how good our guys are. I know they've got a couple of strands already, but they see the immense number of them. They're going to have an understanding of where we are. Amazing. Now, we're going to get to your third and final match. Before we do, I like to throw this on people. It's nothing bad, I promise. Uh, as well as taking uh, three matches with you, you're also allowed to take with you a movie, an album, and a luxury item. Uh, so, if I was to say to you, Bobby, you could take a movie with you, to Cultaholic Island. What's the first one that you think of as the movie that you take with you? Blues Brothers. Straight in there. Nice. What a wacky film. What a wonderfully and it's it, it, I'm it's in keeping with what we've talked about about mm. about the, the the never-ending bollocks that is wrestling. Uh that it does that. But it, it is that is that the pull for you that it is just out there as a movie? It's just it's just um I've never watched a movie that made me smile so much just by its pure it's like it's not wholesome, but it's wholesome at the same time in its own way, and I I, I love it. I love the mu- the songs. You have no idea how many times in my car alone when no one's around, <laughs> will I sing uh, "Freedom" from Aretha Franklin. <laughs> <My freedom! laughs> I love when she turns up. It's a magical moment, and of course oh, she bangs uh, out a tune. That like that that like that scene, the Ray Charles scene, everything, but that scene where she turns up. And then smash that song out. It's like that is just fire all the way through that song. So good. Uh, how about an album? Um, the album. Ooh, this is tough. I think I would take. Jesus, I don't really listen to music that much anymore, do I? No, wait, I do. Um, I would take Alexis on Fire Crisis album. Why is that one jumped to the front of your head? Um, I like I said, I have I have these weird choices of. I love something that's like constructed in chaos, and I think when I first heard Alexis on fire, it's the sky, it's screen, it's a screaming voice and this medium screen voice and this beautiful voice singing in it, and it's just the sound of chaos and order all at once, and it's just so addictive to listen to. Good shout. Uh, best track on that album? 
on the crisis uh to a friend nice. oh, for a friend. to a friend yes yeah, to a friend yeah that's the one nice one uh luxury item oh luxury item eh so it could be something right. that's got some sentimental value it can be a bit of tech it can be uh something to keep you occupied on the island and anything like that so i would take my batman hush uh graphic novel nice so that particular one has a, a, a significance to you i um so i got out of comics when i was a kid and i got back into it when i was a teenager and uh i was only getting bits and pieces and then one day i uh managed to get a um comic that involved hush which i think was part it was part, part of the saga that was happening and I remember just being absolutely memorized, uh, mesmer memorized, mesmerized <laughs> with this this villain that was just covered in bandages, no gimmick, no power. It is fueled by a personal hatred and revenge on Batman. Nothing else. Like, yeah, every villain usually has a gimmick. Like Bane is super strong. This this guy was just a master strategist who wanted a personal revenge on Batman. Used all these villains against him. And even like even the reveal at the end when it revealed to be his best friend, like it's just that I it I felt like it was. I think there's only two comic books, and this I, I said this one because of the one that first came to mind, that I felt like the story was like ten out of ten all the way through. It was that one and uh, Kingdom Come, from uh, the J Justice League one. Nice. I'm not familiar with the Kingdom Come one. What was the story of Justice Kingdom Come? Uh, Kingdom Come was, uh, it's meant to be a future Superman and the future world of like DC it is almost just falling apart. It's, uh, it's like, it's, it's very much like, um, your usual, what's that game? It's now comic, um, uh, infamous. No, I can't remember, but <laughs> it's, uh, basically what the storyline is. Um, it Lord's is infamous. Was... Yes. Sorry. Is it infamous? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, just having a mind blank on that one at the moment, but yeah, the basically the premise is it's an old Superman who had retired because Lois Lane died at the planet when the Joker poisoned uh, the whole building. Uh, uh, Batman went after Joker, but Superman, um, I think they ca ended up catching him. And when he was being taken into court, a, a superhuman hero killed him in front of the courthouse called Magog, and the whole world cheered. And Superman was so distraught, even though this person just killed his wife, so distraught that the world would side with such a person and they, he, got, he didn't even get charged. He abandoned the superhero community and the world goes into chaos where the superheroes start killing the villains. And it is, like, reading it, it's from a priest perspective and it's a biblical style story that in the end, I don't want to ruin the end. If you've ever... if, if if you find it, please read it because the ending is amazing. It's a great, it's one of those books where you could take every frame and make a and make a movie, just use those frames and it'd be a 10 out of 10 perfect movie. So you're, but you're taking Hush over Kingdom Come though. Yeah, well, it's, one, it's, it's the one I found first. Like I, 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 that was the one I read first and I was just like, this is amazing. I need, to, I'm just going to read Batman forever. <laughs> not the movie i was gonna say that's the film silly uh well can i tell you something <laughs> lucille likes those movies the batman and robin and <laughs> it's her favorite bit where i've heard her favorite bit is where batman gets out his back card and says i never leave home without him lucille is that true <laughs> 
Do you like the in Batman and Robin? Do you like him when he pulls his card out? Yeah. <laughs> Breaking news. Get that on the website immediately. Don't edit this out. I want to cancel it. <laughs> Lucille Brawl apologizes for liking scene from Batman movie. <laughs> well, it's so sad that we had to cancel somebody today, uh, but I guess it's fine that it's Lucille. Uh, your third and final match uh, for your Desert Island, sir. We, we've had some bangers. Undertaker brought Lesnar from Unforgiven 2002 uh, in what was meant to be the TVD of 2003, but the case got mixed up. Uh, we have Rock versus Mankind from Monday Night Raw and the Austin pop that blew the roof off. What's your third one going to be, Bobby? So um, I can't find the name of the show, but uh, actually I probably can. But it is Kylie Ray versus robert anthony freelance wrestling oh okay so uh both have had fabulous runs as part of freelance and all over the indie scene but what what about this match sticks out to you so in wrestling like obviously the psychology and the storytelling i watched i remember i got the iwtv app and i just let it i was just like i said i'm a wrestling buff i would watch anything if I like it, I'll binge it and then try and t- attain anything I, like, that could work for me. I w- was watching a show. I was watching freelance wrestling and I was just randomly playing it. And this match came on. And the best example I like to tell people about this match is Kylie Ray was such a underdog baby face in this match. And like, it wasn't just like a simple, like they weren't lazy about it. They weren't just like, yeah, she's tiny. He's big. Like, I mean, they did psychology wise everything to put that over i remember watching her throwing in, in the beginning of the match she's throwing forearms up the forearms of the forearms and he's just like come on come on come on and then gave her one big and should go down like they did everything perfect to make this guy it looked like brock lesnar throwing seth rollins around just on a different level and like it's it's hard because I, I don't want to if I, i'll literally obsess over this match and break it down but every cutoff everything made sense every every like even like even Kylie Ray's fire and then cutoff it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and even how she chips Robert Anthony down slowly throughout the match and when he finally starts to feel it you, you you're there like you feel the moment is finally arrived um it's just the perfect match in the the ending they just uh the crescendo of the match is just and it's just it's perfect so, I send it to I send it to new trainees all the time who say, oh, what matches do you, uh, do you think is a great story? Like, boom, watch this one. Because like, cause I was in, sh- I was so in love with it. And I still am. I, I, I put it up on my Twitter. I put it up on my um, Instagram saying like, this is still the best match I've ever watched. And it's just, I can't believe such a match exists in a, fin- I love freelance wrestling in a fed that even your cat like no one no one unless you really in the wrestling would hear about it but like to have like such a, this absolutely gem of a match just exist outside of your wwe's your aews you know your, your, big, your big brand shows is just it's it's an amazing which also make which also makes me realize what else is actually out there that is this good and what's amazing is uh, our chat today will have opened up people to what's out there in queensland and beyond and an absolute gem of a match ends an absolute gem of a trip to cultaholic island uh for bobby bishop cannot thank you enough for joining us we finally got there i think we planned this about 37 times and then (laughs) we kept missing each other and now we're here so it's fine 
Stars my favorite tweet, there. my favorite message was where we very both clearly forgot it was meant to happen. Like, <laughs> like so we didn't do this. <laughs> uh, I think I went, oh yeah, we didn't. Hang on. <laughs> and, then, and then I think we said, should we catch up next week? And then I think a week passed, you we went, we didn't do it again, did we? I said, no, we did. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did not. And I was like, right, we're going to do it this time today, you know. Brock Lesnar's rang me seven times. I've muted his calls. I'm talking to Bobby. We're getting it done today. He can wait. It's fine. Uh, people are going to want to find out more about uh, the world that you inhabit, the wrestling school and you. So let's fill people's ears uh, with places they can go online, things they should find, things they should go, places they should go to find out all about you and what you guys do. Okay. Um, go to YouTube, uh, you go to YouTube, type in Y Bay Pro Wrestling. You'll find most of our full, the full shows get uploaded on there um, almost frequently. Pro Wrestling League on YouTube, Pro Wrestling League in Australia, you'll be able to see it. It's like a black and gold sort of logo. Uh, have some old full shows on there if you want to see new ones. 100% go and sign up to Australian Wrestling Network. All our shows get uploaded on there and they're fantastic. You'll see a cinematic match I was in and you'll be blown away with the special <laughs> effects I did. Um, obviously, um, what else? Yeah, pretty much that. Like, um, That's pretty much my main... The main shows I'm part of usually we those are the ones we usually put up. But if people want to be training with you and stuff like that, like where's oh the yeah, um, point? yeah, uh, three count pro wrestling academy. It's on um, Instagram. We're in we're in between the Gold Coast and Brisbane base, so we try to make it easy for, middle ground for everyone. Uh, it's definitely a training school. We're open about five to sometimes six times a week. Uh, we're very well connected with a lot of wrestlers. We've had Tony Storm. We've had like big names come in and run seminars. We've still got more coming in like at the moment. So, amazing. You wanna, if you want to be a wrestler, just come there and prepare to do a hundred burpees. And then when the imposter syndrome sets in, do five hundred more. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you could have, le- and you too could have legs like Bobby Bishop. They're <laughs> gonna see a. They're gonna see a quote from um, quote from me on the wall saying it's not good enough. <laughs> is that really on the wall it's not good no enough. no no. <laughs> <laughs> no no just that home in the right next to the mirror <laughs> hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.